0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings, the final PGA event of 2021. I think that's the year. I don't know what year it is anymore. Anyway, RSM Classic DraftKings picks preview, predictions, and a betting card towards the end of the show. I want to remind everyone to smash the like, sub to the Mayo Media Network, as there will be ongoing golf coverage when European Tour comes back, and we're going to have shows over the holiday season previewing the next year. I want to give a special shout out to Jeff Feinberg, who the past four PGA events has gone win, second, win, win, which is like basically better than I did all year. So shout out to Jeff on that one. Shout out to Pat Perry of the Tor Junkies for hitting him some Jason Kokrak. Just put his face down in the mat and just <laughs> snorted all the Kokrak. Well, he was like having a Tito's or something like that. I don't know if he actually did that or not, but he got paid out 50 to one. That's nice to see. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings for football? The Listener's League for Football is available to you, the golf viewers, before everyone else. So go take advantage of that. And I'll have my bets in the newsletter. Ben Raza from awesomeo.com is on the line. Someone asked me, it's like, Pat, do you put your picks in the newsletter? I was like, yeah, every week. And they're like, oh, I subscribed to it. I was like, okay. Did you go? Did you see it? They're like, oh, I didn't really subscribe to it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? It was the Old weirdest strategy. Co- it was the weirdest conversation I've ever had with someone. I was like, yeah, they're in there. That's where you can find them.
1: That is where you can find them. Yeah, let's uh let's see if we can pick a winner here to to close out the golf a long golf season. Feels like it's stretched. Felt two years. I feel like we haven't had a break, but I'm looking forward to this tournament. I, I would like to end it on a high note here in 2021.
0: Shout out to Sky and Tom from the Europick show because of them, I hit Hanson. I woke up with like a, it's two weeks in a row. I've woke up on Sunday morning. And, like, didn't check my account. It's, like, logged in to bet on, like, lose money on football. And I just had a whole bunch of money in my account. I was like, what is going on? So Cody hits, like, a gigantic UFC parlay two weeks ago that I just blindly tailed. One on that. They give out some guy, JB Hansen from Denmark, on the European tour last year. 66 to 1. So, well, listening to my contributors is just doing
1: much better than me making my own bets at this point. (laughs) That is always nice about Europe. You get the early sweat. Uh, I saw Hanson one shout out to those guys. That was very, very cool. And yeah, Kohlcrack, I was certainly not on that uh, last week. I was on the Leishman train. That was not the winner of the tournament, unfortunately. So, so onward and upward here, RSM. I feel like we play this tournament three or four times a year. I feel like we literally were just here, but I guess not.
0: Well, I mean, it's no different than the Sony Open or the Wyndham or That's Heritage true. or whatever else. It's a crappy short It's the same guys who like, should we just fill out our rosters? Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner, uh, Griot, is he playing? Put him in Mackenzie Hughes, two other losers. Thank you for watching. It's been great.
1: It's been a good run. Yeah. I think you summed it up. It's true. The, the, the sea Island mafia is 80 guys. Uh, so I don't know exactly what we're going to do there. And yeah, it's the same cast of characters. Um, But uh, uh, the one good thing is I feel like we do have a pretty good idea of what you need to excel. It's not easy to pick the winner, but at least we kind of know the courses uh, that we'll see inside and out.
0: Yeah, I actually ran my like regular model with all the stats. And this one's been very good to me over the years. Hit Austin Cook here at 80 to 1. That was a fun one. And then I also ran one that just has like total strokes gained in all of the other categories with Colonial, Harbortown, both Sea Island courses, and Sedgefield CC. I feel like that gives me a pretty good. So Wyndham heritage, Charles Schwab and this course who those four courses, basically the web Simpson, Kevin Kisner courses, who plays the best. Maybe I could throw the players into there. sawgrass.
1: Yeah, I just, it's so tough with the water aspects. Cause it's just, you're going to find some funky results, particularly uh, at sawgrass, but I, I get it. I, I do think that's a the theme. Those are the guys. And it's true. I like this tournament too. I, uh, Tyler Duncan, former winner here, we've had some cool dudes win this event, so we'll, we'll see what we can muster up here. Obviously, it's not the most elite field I've ever seen.
0: Well, last year, Robert Streb just reached into everyone's Kevin Kisner cash ticket pocket and just ripped out some money, so that was you know a delight. Uh, two-time winner of this event, Robert Streb. He is the defending champion. There are two courses course. in play here. You have the Seaside course where they'll play both weekend rounds in one of the first two rounds. It's a par 70. It's on the shorter end. It's minus the two par fives, Then you have the Plantation course which the courses with the players will alternate one of the first two days it's a par 72 it has all four of the par fives now last year first round leader did not come from the plantation course but i think like the six years before that it did so if you're playing round one showdown round two showdown you're betting first round leaders it might not come to fruition but the plantation is where you want you have two extra par fives why wouldn't you take that course
1: no i i saw that uh as well but you got to think, I mean, same distance, you've got the extra par fives barring some type of outlier. And I don't know why the weather would be ad- more adverse there. So you do want to lean there and show down. You-, you just have the opportunities for streaks and Eagles and just high octane scoring. And that's, of course, what we're after on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, looking at it last year, Matt Wallace and Camillo Vigiegas were both six under after round one. Hit that first round leader, Vigiegas. I-, I thought he was going to win this last year, too. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, he, he didn't win. Uh, I also, you know what was a really bad mistake by me was trying to figure out how much money I've bet on Luke List over the years and whether or not him winning in Houston was going to make me like not only whole, but like would I be up money? And I would have been up a bunch of money as it turns out. Uh, And then I was convinced he was going to win at the turn, and he he did not win. It was not good on the back nine for old Luke List. When you lose five and a half strokes putting, turns (laughs) out, even if you lead by two strokes, Tito Green, it's not going to make a difference.
1: Yeah, I know how that story goes. I got a couple guys that uh, I'm still waiting the Brandon Harkins win, which seems difficult because he's no longer on tour, but uh if we can get that, I-, I will be made whole. So I know the feeling of still needing those breakthrough wins. Yeah,
0: just looking back, so Webb was a first round leader, Kirk was a first round leader, all plantation in 2017. It was all plantation at the top. Kirk, Damon, yeah. Kokrak, Swafford, Brian Gay, they all played the plantation that year, they all played the plantation course that Week to start, Charles Howell III, JJ Spawn, Austin Cook, and Aaron Badley all first round. Like they were the top four on the board. Actually, the top six on the board were all plantation courses. So, yeah, so that kind of checks out. It was just a weird situation last year where guys got hot with the putter, and that was that. And that's going to happen at this course. It's a short course with wedges. If you start making 20 footers from everywhere, you're going to score well. Uh, w- Let's just get to the
1: 10K guys. Are you playing Webb Simpson <laughs> or
0: not? I.
1: Uh. Probably not, honestly, and it's not because of anything in terms of skill set or anything uh, regards to that. I just, I think where I start is you've got guys right above and below him that are also, I mean, Scheffler to me is obviously the best player in the field. He's the favorite and he should be. How big do you think the gap will be? I know it's very early in the week ownership wise from Webb to everybody else.
0: I don't know. And I always end up playing Webb Simpson at these events. Always. I just, Mm is one of the rules that uh, if I had like a, like a fight club set of rules that if we're at heritage, we're at Wyndham Simpson and it's going to work out. He's going to come like third.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty good rule to to start your fight club. I get it. I mean, he's just built for these courses. He's shown time and time again. We haven't seen him much. He's not really doing anything, but I don't know if that actually even matters with a guy like this. So, uh, I wouldn't push back on it. I, I think for me, I'd rather find $200 and just take Scheffler if I was going to do that. Or, of course, you're going to have a lot of people that go very balanced this week.
0: Let's see. In 2019, Scheffler was fifth at this course. How was he at the Wyndham? Doesn't really play the Wyndham. Charles Schwab, 22nd, miscut. I'm f- oh, no, sorry, miscut 55th at Charles Schwab. So we don't have like a, a huge sample for him at these type of courses. Like when I think of Scheffler, I guess he just kind of did it at Mayakoba, and that's a very similar type of course, but it's not directly on the ocean like this is. But I don't know, I just What about always, Bermuda? It's, well, I mean, Bermuda like the course Bermuda or like Bermuda the grass Bermuda?
1: No, the course
0: Oh, I didn't even think about Bermuda. I guess Todd father has won there. It would make sense, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just Scheffler played good there a couple years ago. I it's on the co- it's got, you know, some of the things that I think relate. So that that was one of the courses I was looking at. And I mean, Scheffler is just a good player. So I don't think he's the ideal skill set, but I'm not sure that matters up here.
0: No, I it, listen. He, if he's going to be, is he the best player in the field? Because Louie's here. Louis's good. He
1: Louis your guy. he's good. I love Louie. Louis's good. I just I don't know. Louis. Louis all of a sudden, the problem with Louis, he literally gained strokes putting for like two straight years, and now it seems like the tables have turned a little bit, and I just wonder exactly what's going on. I'm I'm worried that he's gonna regress all the way to the other side of the pendulum.
0: Okay, so the other two guys above 10K are Cam Smith and Harris English. Harris English would rate out the best for me, but his past two events, he was like brutal, especially on the greens. He changed putters for reasons, I guess he he was putting too well, had to let the field have a chance, I guess, and lost like (laughs) seven strokes putting. And then he withdrew from the CJ cup and we haven't seen him since. So I don't know what's going on with him.
1: Yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, seriously, why he was putting out of his mind and just having an incredible year uh, to, to close it and then start up. So that is a little concerning, but maybe again, if you're playing playing that you know ownership game at a sight out of mind hasn't looked good recently. Uh, having said that, I'd probably find just like I said with Webb to Scheffler, I'd probably rather find two hundred dollars and just play Cam Smith.
0: I don't know if I love Cam Smith here. Like when I go and look at Cam Smith's like overall numbers over the course of his career. And obviously he's played well at both styles of courses. He won at Sony, which, I mean, you could say is probably a bit of a comp to this. But I always find he plays better at longer courses for whatever reason.
1: I mean, he is, he is an odd player like that. I don't I don't disagree, but I just think with him, when you can marginalize off the tee a little bit, such a good putter, good with the irons. There's opportunities there. But I, I mean, I do think naturally, when I think of Cam Smith, I think of more, you know tougher tracks too, just where you're really being tested and whatnot. But at the same time, I I still think there's some things that will translate for what you want to do here.
0: I think for me, it's just going to be web above 10k. Okay. Louis, Louis would have my interest; he really would. I just don't know if I can get there.
1: Any interest in double dipping? Maybe like Web Louie starts? You, you,
0: that would assume that I've looked at who's at the $6,000 range, uh, and I haven't. It's not good. So probably, not. I'm guessing not for this tournament.
1: Yeah, it's... Here we go. We got Ludwig Adberg. That guy made the cut when he you played.
0: Guy. Oh, I guess Ho- <laughs> Hoagie is 69. Captain Ramey is... Wasn't Chad Ramey like $9,900 bucks 2 weeks ago?
1: Yeah, this guy's the new like his price. He's gonna hit for the cycle six, seven, eight, nine, and ten k range in the same year because I I don't know. He apparently you know they give him his stats forever. He's got forty eight uh, game logs on, on DraftKings. They just go historical with that guy. So he's played a lot of golf on the Corn Fairy Tour.
0: He did. He has some nice results on. The, he won the main. He did. He won main. I it just says main. Well, it doesn't say main open or the main classic. Just main. He won that. Back in June, let's see, 14th at Triner, 17th at Bermuda, missed the cut last week. I really liked that course last week, by the way. I thought it was great.
1: I didn't see a ton of it, I'll be honest, but from what I did see, I, I'll agree. I, I thought it was kind of interesting, a good little test. And we just, I'm anything to avoid, like... Oh, your guy didn't get the, the under 60 bonus, the rare, like, yeah, that's going to cost you on Sunday. Like some of these courses are just so much of a joke at this point.
0: Yeah. If we can have a course or two throughout the course of the year where, you know, minus eight is realistic to win, yeah. like that's going to be very much in the mix. Like that's a fun tournament to watch.
1: Oh, it's great. And, and when your guy does something, if you get a streak or something, you know, it's going to count. It's not just like, all right, my guy did the streak and now I need my other five guys to follow suit. I, I really don't like sweating uh, golf like that where it's so lopsided and the scoring is so out of control. $9,000 range. It's Corey Connors at 99, kind of like
0: Corey Connors here. Joaquin Neiman, Russell Henley, who's going to be uber chalk. Noren at 95, the Gooch at 93, Kisner at 92, uber chalk. Adam Scott at 9,000. I've already bet Adam Scott at 40 to one. That just seems too high in this field to me for Adam Scott, although his irons were not exactly clicking a week ago, but it's not like he was hitting a ton of wedges. I want I want my Adam Scott either hitting it from like 235 or 75. Those are my two ranges with Adam Scott, and he's just going to blister the ball off the tee and just hit flip wedges into everything here, and he's been putting a lot better, so I like him. Like I said... This entire range, if you just play three of these guys, you might not have to go above 10,000. Is that what you were talking about when you were thinking like a balance lineup will be popular?
1: Definitely. I think starting, uh, I don't know if, I'll be honest, I don't know if I would start with Scott, but I think if you start with one or even two above him, uh, you can make really interesting lineups. I think the guy that, and listen, I get why. Neiman is, I I feel like, really not going to be on people's minds. He is not, He didn't look good last week. The putter's been a little cold. I do have some interest there, just kind of, uh, as I've said before, he's kind of a macro buy for me. He can get crazy hot. And I don't think this is a bad course for him. I just don't know how how much uh, the game is in in top-tip shape right now. Well, he had
0: made like 13 cuts in a row before missing the cut last week. It's been an awful lot of golf for Joaquin. The guy I was looking for, I think – I just. We used to think of Norin as this like tough course player, but all of his best results over the past two years have been at like super easy courses. And this is going to be a super easy course.
1: I don't know what's so. When I first saw the pricing, I was just like, oh, this is this is perfect because Henley's going to be super chalk. People always equate Kisner with this course. Gooch has been playing really well. Just play Norin. I don't know. I mean, he's (laughs) such a good putter, but I, you're right. He's really flipped. Like a lot, a lot of things in his game have slowly kind of differed from when he's built it back up. And he is playing a lot better than when he had his real bad stretch. Just not sure about this uh, with him. But having said that, I, I do like some of it. And, and he he is more built to go, you know, 20 under than he was. And when you can putt like that, I kind of do like the sandwich spot. I just, I don't know, again, $200 more, you could give me Neiman. I think I'd go there.
0: Back-to-back top 20s and his only two starts at this course for Alex Norin. He's trying to check back who, who's done well. even's played pretty well here. He's got a T-44 and a T-65, like nothing great. But he also hasn't been an abject failure. Henley is just weird. He has like a top 10. He has a big finish like early in his career. He had two missed cuts sandwiched in between. A lot of the guys, weirdly enough, like Harris English, three of five missed cuts. Henley, two of four past missed cuts. The Gooch has missed three of the past four years. Even Kisner. Kisner has three top seven finishes and two missed cuts the past five years at the RSM. Well, you just catch a bad wave and you're cooked.
1: Yeah, I mean, two different courses, a lot of weird variants at stuff like this. So uh, I don't read a ton into that. Has has Adam Scott played here?
0: Not to my, no, not at least not in the past five years.
1: Okay. So, I mean, that doesn't really bother me with a guy like that, but yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, some miscuts peppered with some top end finishes. I think that's just the nature of what we have to deal with here at, at the RSM.
0: So who do I go with Scott for sure. Do you think that yeah, Gooch? Like do you think Gooch might f- I don't think that he's going to be low owned, but I feel like he's going to be substantially lesser owned than Henley and
1: Kisner. I would agree with that, but I think that maybe he's on the norin tier and then I think Norin's like, way behind. That.
0: Like I don't think anyone's over Okay. Behind. Maybe I'm dead wrong. See, right
1: I thought on. that about I thought that about Neiman, but maybe I'm dead wrong about that. I mean, I know that Henley and Kisner for certain are going to garner some eyeballs for, for obvious reasons. I'm not sure about the, like even Corey Connors. I, I mean, it's not like he's going to be sneaky, but I don't think people are going to gravitate towards him in a, in a gigantic way either.
0: I, I w- so I would say like Noren, maybe Gooch. After that, Scheffler might be the lowest owned.
1: That's that's shady. Cause really? hey,
0: yeah. Cause everyone's just going to use web and you're not going to use web and Scheffler.
1: I'm using Sheffler. I'm going. I'm going with Scotty. But uh, that is true. I just. I mean. I guess it's going to depend on on how obvious some of these pay down options are. But it's true. I doubt many people will go Sheffler Web. So Web could be a good block there. Um, that'll be good. That'll create natural leverage. It's just the the nine K bill to start is very appealing. I, I think it it really really helps you, and you've still got a lot of win equity in there.
0: Well, how many people do you think start Henley Gooch Kisner?
1: A lot, uh, a real lot. So don't do that. Um, and I get it, unless you have some randos at the bottom. I just think there are, are similar guys in the nine k range. Like if it was me, I'd probably go, Norin Scott, and then one of these guys in in the mid to upper eights.
0: Interesting.
1: Just trying to say if... even Neiman Scott.
0: Mm, let's go to the eights because there's there's guys in here that if you wanted to pair with a web, I think that you can get away with it. You got Keegan Rose, Homa Hughes, Damon, Todd, Mito, Seamus power comes in at 8,200 Vegas and Kirk. Kirk's a former winner here. He's first round leader. Like I had mentioned a few years back, I'll probably end up playing. Actually, there's a guy in the sevens who's kind of close to him, that I might end up going with. Is it weird that I like Justin Rose?
1: I mean, uh, I Rose is not my him and Jason day. I'm just not allowed to talk about anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, Rose, is there anything in particular? You just think just the way he plays the putter at times just gets crazy hot or you see something
0: it's more that the putter can get crazy hot and he remember when he randomly played the Wyndham this year and he played like really good yeah, he was, good. yeah he was top 10 at the Wyndham like his past he hasn't missed a cut since the U.S. Open strangely enough and like he was at Mayakoba he was 40th that's not great CJ Cup 57th 6th uh at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth so that's good Wyndham T10 like he's not playing awful it is a pretty weak field and no one's gonna use Rose
1: yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a class drop. No doubt about that. It's the irons. If he if he can just keep them even remotely good, he's going to be at a huge advantage. I don't mind. You know, I don't really like Keegan. I'm not I'm indifferent to Homa. I think Joel Dahman, like a lot of people, I, I totally get that. He's fits the course. He's had some success here in the past. He was really, really good at Houston. So I think that's the obvious target. Just a couple hundred dollars less than Rose.
0: Would you go with Mac Hughes? Former winner of this event.
1: (sighs) Mac Hughes. Um, It's just so hard because you look and it's just like, well, how can I go with this guy? He can't hit an iron, but he doesn't have to. The way he plays, if he can just hold it steady to zero, um, he can be really effective. And he didn't putt at all at Houston and he still was not terrible. So that's actually a, a positive data point. Maybe I mean, he's he's clearly in play at a course like this. There's no doubt about it. Not my preferred target, but I get it. I totally get it.
0: He missed five cuts in a row. Valspar, Wells Fargo, PGA Championship, uh, Colonial, then Memorial. And he hasn't missed a cut since. He's 15th at the U.S. Open, 6th at the Open, 14th fourth at the zozo 25th he played pretty well at the olympics like it's just really strange how well he's been playing like he said he legit can't and most of the time he can't drive either in the weeks that he can't drive and he can't hit an iron he gains like six and a half strokes putting
1: it doesn't matter yeah i mean i remember when he was missing cuts those were simpler times but since then it's true he, he's found ways he kind of you know he does that he reminds me you know he's got some cam smith uh, obviously the irons are different, but off the tee is weak and they, they work their way in and out of trouble. I definitely prefer Damon, but I also think the field does. So it's not really doing anything for me.
0: Damon might just be a bet. I think I am going to use him at 8,500 bucks. And like, day. for all the, yeah, I, well, what do I have, Matt? Let's see, Damon. Damon. 66, yeah, he's going to be on my card. Damon 66. I, I can do that.
1: Like yes, yeah, I see sixty five yeah, that's that's about
0: like that range is Rose, Keegan, Mito, Todd, Hughes, Damon, Power, Harmon. All those guys are sixty or sixty six. I think I like Damon's outright win equity. And he got the win at some stupid island course, didn't
1: he? Yeah, uh Puerto Rico?
0: was it was it Putacana or Puerto Rico?
1: Thought those were the same. Is that bad to say? Yes. One's okay. in the well, Puttican- Dominican.
0: P- Puerto Rico is a Dominican Republic.
1: What's the course at Puerto Rico? Yeah. See now, now the tables have turned because yeah. no one knows this shit. There's too many islands. They need to consolidate. Just now yeah, just make. It shouldn't win. add a Bermuda.
0: Well, I mean, at least Bermuda happens during the swing season. The the problem with the other two is they happen like opposite real events, so like no one cares. The only thing I remember about Damon's win was. That guy who always plays well, who's from Puerto Rico, had the chance to win, and he like fist pumped the putt going in and it lipped out, and then Damon won. Campos? Campos. That's exactly who it was. Sam Ryder came third because that's who I had money on. He didn't win.
1: Yeah. I yeah, it was you want to punta the same so many, so many things translate between those courses. So uh I get it, he'll be shielded from the wind, as we know, with his hat and uh all systems go at 85
0: Like, is chalk. Joel Damon at $8,500 really where you want to be, or is that one that if it happens like good for him?
1: So I think part of it is connected to Webb in a little bit. Like you, you I think he's a very solid play. And if you've done some things a little different up top, I don't mind it. Cause I feel pretty confident he can return just a, a pretty solid performance. Now, if you played web, you're going really chalky in the nines and then you click thumb and it's starting to get a little tricky, uh, to leverage. So I, I think it's kind of just an if statement with him. I, I totally get, it's not going to feel comfortable, but there's not much in a field like this that does.
0: If you go Webb, Kisner, Damon, you have $7,200 left. So yeah, that you should just, that's going to that, that be a pretty common start. Like when we, when we it, fill yeah. out the play, the best plays lineup, that's the start.
1: It definitely is the start. Uh, and then I don't hate it. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense. That's why it's popular. I mean, there's always a reason I just, at a tournament like this with so much going on, I'd, I'd like to find some alternate plays and some pivots.
0: I think that I'll go with Kirk at 8,000. His overall numbers just don't look good recently, and they're not, but I like this type of course for him.
1: Uh, no, yeah, I mean, Kirk does a lot of things that we want. I'll tell you, though, I mean, I'm a Chris Kirk guy, not a Matt Kuchar guy, but I oh, that, kind that,
0: of. Int- that was the name. That was the name that yeah. I was going to go to instead of Kirk was Kuchar. Who's
1: yeah, I don't want to
0: say he's heating up, but he, he's playing a lot better.
1: Well, playing a lot better. Definitely a decent course. He's shown it at, at OHL recently. Good price. I think that that's a guy that uh, where is he in the old
0: 75 to one? I I can find him as long as 80.
1: I see worse plays than that on the betting board.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of bad players in this field.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was going. But yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think I could get to to Kuchar in the mid-range. Solid price. And like he is heating up, as crazy as that sounds.
0: Yeah, I, I had it pulled up a little bit earlier. Let's see here. Matt Kuchar. He's made three cuts in a row. He's made every cut in the swing season. Good enough. Let's do it. Easy game. 22nd at mayakoba all right he said and like even when you go and look at like the places where he has played well uh it's a bunch of miscuts but he has a 29th at Wyndham, 50th at colonial 18th at heritage like all of the courses where he's that correlate with this one he's still playing well at so why not
1: no doubt about it i think there's a lot of things and he hasn't kind of popped just yet. So I don't think by any stretch, he's going to be really, really popular. Okay. So Cooch, he's
0: on there. Former winner. CH3 is down in the sevens. Matt Wallace, first round leader here last year. He's kind of lost his game. Uh, I bet Aaron riot, a hundred to one. And I'm also playing him at 7,400 bucks instead of your beloved Grio.
1: So Grio is old news. Uh, I haven't talked to him <laughs> in the last week or so. Troy Merritt is my new obsession. I play this guy every week. It rarely works, but that's nothing new. (laughs) Honestly, Troy Merritt, starting to to heat up as well. You have any interest in him in the mid-sevens right next to Rye?
0: Well, Merritt has made three of his past four cuts at this course. And Merritt, it's funny because I've actually bet a lot of Merritt in my life. I mean, he wins from time to time, but he gets so hot with his putter. And he gets weirdly hot with his irons, too. It, it kind of makes him like Mac Hughes, but potentially better, but he's definitely not as consistent anywhere, but he does those two things really well. And sometimes they just mesh in the right week. Like what, what was the week where he won? He was, he gained like 40 strokes on the field at one of these crossover events. I think it was the one that Wiley lives by, uh, Barbasaw. Yeah, Barbasaw. It was like, okay, Troy Merritt. I, I guess so. I, I think that for pure DraftKings scoring, like you're going to deal with a lot of miscuts, cuts, but he does have upside. Yeah. I, I can be talked into Merritt.
1: Yeah, he's playing honestly pretty good uh, lately, and it was good to see. I know you know swing season's not that long, but Rye started off not great. He's looked much better in recent weeks, so I have no problem with him. This range, yeah, this is nuts. I don't know uh, what the hell happened to Grio. He he pulled out of last week, so he's back. Him Schwab, what a, what a range, Grace. Grace missed the cut, and then Grace said he's dealing with some sort of illness, although he's
0: playing. Because this this would be okay. – I mean, I bet Grace last week. I mean, I most definitely would have bet Grace this week. But I don't like the sounds of that, which means he's definitely going to win now. No, uh, that's
1: not the answer. Adam
0: Long was the other one at 7,500. So you have Merritt, Long, and then Rye right in the middle of those sevens. I like those. Adam Long, three really good tournaments in a row, gaining a bunch of his irons. He's putting again. And that was off of like being brutal for most of the year. So it seems like he's figured something out. And this is, a course, where I would want to use him. Like this really, some of these shorter hitters, they're just so much more in play here.
1: No, I mean, honestly, the mid-sevens, I actually think it's a pretty target-rich environment. You've got a handful of guys here. Norlander. Whose skill sets. Yeah, no, like, honestly, Norlander, What about Lanto?
0: Oh God, is he below seven thousand? No. Then don't play him. That's Rick's rule. Okay. That that usually works out for us.
1: Pass. Yeah. Hayden Buckley. You have to go. You should probably Google who that is. Yeah, I. He's American. He's got a giant American flag. When I clicked his name. Yeah, but that that could be that, that could be wrong. You don't know. No, but I'm gonna. Let's see. Now now you got me Googling this guy.
0: Listen, I'm going to play what some hits doing? going out the door here. I'm definitely playing Doug Gim at $7,200. Lock that one in. He had University made University of
1: Missouri. <laughs> okay.
0: There we go. Gim? T-Dunks? Yeah. No, I'm not going to go with T-Dunks. This feels like a Hadwin course, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, Hadwin's... <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can be good at, like, rotationals, but I remember when Hadwin went crazy nuke at the one out in California at one of those courses once and you know getting back to the actual skill set you need great putter doesn't need distance hasn't been great but he's also showed some signs in swing season he's played a good amount I kind of like that Uh, what about Alex Smalley he's someone I've kind of played a good amount over swing season I've been pretty impressed seems just like an all-around solid player I can't really tell if this would be a quote-unquote his type of course but I also don't see anything why it wouldn't yeah, well, I mean, back-to-back
0: top 20s, and one in Bermuda, one in Houston, so two completely different style of courses. I just remember him from the Wyndham, and all of a sudden, it's like, huh, he's like up there on the leaderboard. This is kind of weird. Yeah, I could probably be talking to Stuart Smalley, Alex Smalley, good. whatever the hell his name is. Stuart.
1: Yeah, Stuart Smalley. I was going to say, who the hell is that? But Stuart Smalley's uh, the guy from
0: uh, Saturday Night Live. You're good enough. You're smart enough. and By God, people like you. Stuart Smalley.
1: There you go. That's a sign. What's now you got me looking at this guy's betting odds. It was Alex Smalley. Yeah. Let's see. Hundred to one. It's not enough. No, Nope. it's not. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to have I mean, you could if you start in the nines, you could end with like Smalley or Stanley or T more Taylor more. Oh, not even like.
0: No, not even. You could go. Let's see. Henley Kisner Scott. You're gonna end with Rye. You could go Rye. Rye guy. Where is he at here? You can go with Gim at seventy two. And then you can go with Merritt. And I mean everyone's gonna use Luke List, but I'll go with Adam Long instead.
1: Sounded like you picked seven golfers, which if you can do that, I would recommend doing it. Did I, you
0: I feel like I still wouldn't win, so Let's, not, let's <laughs> I mean, not change it. No, the, the lineup would be Henley, Kisner, Scott, Gim, Merritt, Long. Okay. no Rye. No Rye, no. Okay.
1: I was going to say, okay. that makes sense. Are you going to use List this week? I can't do it. I don't think so. I, it's not even that I don't like it. I just, we've mentioned a lot of names here in the same range. You brought up a good point, Adam Long. That's someone I wasn't really looking at. And I, I kind of like what I see. Merritt, Rye, Grio. Schwab is just there. Uh, Hadwin. I, I don't know if I'll have room for someone like List.
0: Would you like to know? Because I just ran a model that includes no putting whatsoever, just for kicks, to see who would spit out. Can I interest you
1: in Kyle Stanley? Kyle Stanley would be uh, at the top of that model, but his putting—I mean, it's just not even. And then he gained that. I don't understand. This happens. I feel like all the time he finally gained just a little at Houston and everything else was just bad for a change. Reedy
0: is turning into almost the exact same thing too.
1: That guy flat seven. Yeah. I mean, Chez, he's just a weird guy. Go- like I feel like Chez is such a form golfer when he's going like push it to the limit when he loses it a little, it can get bad. Yeah. Wow. You weren't lying. His putting is atrocious.
0: Uh, so is the next guy at the seven came in gained seven strokes on approach last week and has some like spike performances over the past, like you know basically since the Wyndham, he was 15th at Wyndham 11th at the fortnight 40th at Mayakoba 19th at the uh, 19th at Houston. I believe that this is the 17th event on the calendar potentially, which would make it Q. So Scott Piercy.
1: He's, you know, I mean, Scott Piercy, yeah, he's got, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you did mention the Irons, which is, is going for him. He is another just awful putter, but...
0: Yeah, but when, he, thing about but when he pots, he puts well.
1: Yeah, spike putter. And it's few and far between, but that doesn't really matter because you're trying to tap into, you know, someone who can get in contention, obviously grab you some placement points. And I do think in terms of like top 10 equity, he's probably got the highest miscut equity of this range, but he also, to me, has maybe the highest like top five equity too. Cause when he gets going, he can be really good. So, and it is the Q connection. I didn't, I didn't factor that in. So now it's back to the drawing board. I don't
0: know if it's going to be windy or not, but that tends to play in his favor over time. He's a very good wind player. Uh, Maybe he doesn't believe in wind and that just works for him. Who knows what he thinks these days.
1: I know. I always, every year, somehow a, he gets in the U S (laughs) open and then it's like, there'll be no birdies. And Scott Piercy starts with a streak and it's like, what? And then, this is the game. obviously, he do- he doesn't win, but he does that.
0: Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. I know it's made my. Healthy mornings much better because the kids are getting really old now, so they're super active in the morning. So I have to wrangle them. I got to get them up. I got to get them something to eat. I got to show prep for my show while I'm doing all of that. Then I got to get them to school, then get to work. Sometimes I just don't have time to make myself the proper breakfast that I need. That's why AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category leading superfood product, has really helped me out. It brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on your stomach. And it's hard to keep up with to help each of us be at our best. Like myself, they simplify the path to better nutrition by giving you one thing with all the best things and it's pretty tasty I'm not going to lie to you and I feel great all day it gives me that burst I need in the morning that healthy feeling where I have energy and it all comes in one tasty scoop AG1 contains 75 vitamins minerals and whole food sourced ingredients including a multivitamin Multi-mineral, probiotic, green food blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality, bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus. That's really been the key for me. Aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system. Effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy delicious drink i even got my wife on it now and she enjoys it and she doesn't really enjoy anything of this nature she's all in on ag1 it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy-free or gluten-free and it contains less than one gram of sugar i'm not on any of those diets and i'm taking it anyway and it's making me feel great there's no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while keeping it tasting good join the movement of athletes Life leads, moms, dads, rookies, first timers, and everyone in between taking ownership of their daily health and focusing on nutritional products that they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's essentialist nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com/slash mayo. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Do you have any idea how many subscriptions you're unknowingly paying for every month? You probably don't want to know that answer, so why not just skip to the part where you use Truebill and identify where you can stop spending and start saving? Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. We all know this. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has saved them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my Direct TV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and I saved $840 a year on car insurance. So, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Mayo. Go right now, Truebill.com slash Mayo, it could save you thousands a year. So, there are some guys in the sixes I don't hate. Throwing that out there right now: Chad Ramey, sixty-nine; Tom Hoagie, sixty-nine. I'll play those two guys. Do we have to play Stuart Sink just blindly based on where he's won and played well at over the past year?
1: <laughs> it's just like I-, I get it, but then I feel like it's like. Then do we have to play Zach Johnson too?
0: No, because we want to play, Cam- okay. we want to play Cameo and we want to play Vega or uh, Landry. Those are the two guys we want to play at 68.
1: But Spawn.
0: Spawn once came second here.
1: Like the comic book guy.
0: Michael I don't J. Know. White. I mean, Was that who played Spawn?
1: Uh, that I'm not sure of.
0: With John Legazimiano as the clown bad guy. Remember that movie.
1: Spawn. I've definitely seen it. From nineteen ninety seven, those were the days. steven Yeager, Michael J. White, Martin Sheen is in it. Okay, we go. Michael J. White is in Exit Wounds. Question mark.
0: He's Fairly in, certain he's in
1: what? <laughs> exit wounds. You never seen Exit Wounds? DMX.
0: Oh, yes, he is in that. He's the bad, he's the good guy slash, but yeah. it turns out to be the bad guy. Yeah.
1: Spoiler alert yeah. on
0: Exit Wounds with DMX's well. Steven Seagal. That's the Ain't No Sunshine movie, isn't it?
1: Mm, I don't know about that.
0: Pretty sure that was How on the How did you soundtrack. know
1: he was Spawn, by the way? That's obscene.
0: Because he was in Spawn, and then he was in this jail boxing movie, I remember from the early 2000s. No idea what it's called. Guess I was a bit of like a Michael J. White stan, you could say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get partial credit. I made the connection to exit wounds, but good, good times. Does that mean that means we should probably just play Andrew Landry, honestly? But what's he done? Houston was bad. He was good at Mayakoba, good at Sanderson Farms. Landry's, you know, he's got the wind stuff. The sixes aren't that bad, honestly.
0: No, you like you could, now that we think back to it, you could probably do the double 10K if you wanted to. Russell Knox? No. Just st- everyone okay. needs to stop it with Russell Knox. I don't see
1: that at Bermuda though.
0: How'd he do in Bermuda? Oh, he's 12th. Congratulations cool. to him. His first top. T- he has two top twenties. And I think in the, he still has no top tens. Let's see. Wait, who am I on here? Russell Knox. He was, I mean, this is his type of course in fairness. Uh, he was top 10 at Pebble beach. Cause no one played in that tournament. I think his last top 10 before that was like ages ago. Like, he just, I don't know. I can't do it with him. Had enough no,
1: with him. I think there's. I'm looking at Michael J. DB What's he even doing?
0: He's doing lots. Nothing I've seen, but just lots. Oh, and he was in Universal Soldier of the Return, which I saw in theaters because it had
1: Goldberg <laughs> in it. Is that a sequel? Yes. I assume cuz they're returning.
0: Yeah, well, your Universal Soldier 1 just had Jean-Claude Van Damme.
1: I want to say I've seen that, but I think that'd be a lie. Does it have Drago in it? The original? I don't I don't know. I watch a lot of bad TV while I'm gambling.
0: Do you just have like AMC on all day?
1: Uh yeah, I have like weird like full, it just like w- weird movie channels on that play those type of like garbage movies
0: what was the name of that movie the boxing movie undisputed okay. although he seems to be in undisputed Two, last man standing so maybe he was in a sequel yeah. that went straight to video
1: yeah i was watching a movie the other day it was like ninjas i gotta figure out what this was It was just like it was just called
0: ninjas. (laughs) No,
1: it was called. God, I'm going to have to figure this out on the fly. It was outraged. It was like the fourth one, too. I had never seen the first three. I don't know if it was American Ninja.
0: Were you just watching American Ninja Warrior, the reality show?
1: No, it was it was American Ninja. Have you never seen these movies? No. Well, let me tell you. No, these are from. I'm getting it up. This is real good golf analysis. Sorry people, but American Ninja 2: The Confrontation. Ooh. 1987. It is with Michael Dudikoff and Steve James. Let me tell you, you need to see this movie. It was really outrageous.
0: I'm big on these like late 80s like horrible action movies like They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's a John Carpenter movie. It's crazy.
1: This movie is, it's checking all those boxes, I can promise you. It was outrageous.
0: I went through a big Van Damme and Seagal phase, like, like I think it was like the ninth grade. Just went to Blockbuster and rented all of these awful movies. Oh, there, was one, there was one Van Damme, I think it was Sudden Impact, might not be the one, but he ends up killing the guy in the end. He's in this like, I think he's in a jail or he's in some sort of building and he's in a steam room. And he ends up like putting the guy through a pipe. It's pretty, it's just <laughs> wild stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't, I have not seen that. Uh, Street Fighter. He's in Street Fighter. He, he's in Street I've Fighter.
0: And he's also in a movie called The Quest that also has Roger Moore in it, which is like a really hack version of James Bond. Oh No, it's, it's a really hack version of Mortal Kombat. It sucks. It's so bad. And then I watched Legionnaire, which is also really horrible. He lost it. I haven't seen any of these. Oh, these are like mid '90s Vendom, like after he was a star.
1: Well, I got American Ninja too, and that uh, no one can take that away from me.
0: Sounds pretty good. You know who stat models love? Adam Svenson. Where is he? He is sixty-three 6, hundred bucks. Brant Snedeker is
1: sixty-three okay. hundred dollars. He's also two. I mean, two hundred fifty to one. You know, he can win. I mean, he's been playing as bad as any player on any tour, but I mean, we know the guy when he goes, he, he can win.
0: He had a nice little run. He was, he was top 20 at the open somehow. And then he followed it up with a, a 11th at three ebb.
1: and then he's been horrible ever since. I thought you were going to mention Nick Hardy.
0: I don't know much about Nick Hardy, except for I played him a whole bunch of times. Like when he would just pop up throughout the course
1: of the year, I actually don't know anything about him uh I mean I don't know I him and Dylan Meyer came at points they were in the same tournaments he makes cuts he's been making cuts during swing season I've been playing him
0: really good ball striker too based off what I'm seeing here gains off the tee gains gains with this approach
1: he just seems well-rounded
0: what about Vince Whaley he got his name changed he's no longer Vincent Whaley he's Vince Whaley
1: a little edgy for swing season I like that okay He's got, he's, he's went
0: seventh, 64th, 15th in his last three.
1: That's what you're going to get down here. Obviously you like, that's why Nick Hardy was interesting to me. He's one of the few guys that he tends to make the cut. Uh, A lot of these guys, they give you more erratic, but you're not going to find a ton of stability. Like I looked at post and I couldn't get there. I'd rather just blindly back sneds. If I was going to do that, like his irons are completely shattered. Luke Donald question mark i don't know if i was gonna do that i'd rather and i'm not gonna do this either i'd rather just play peter malnati
0: oh god all right maybe we don't need <laughs> to, maybe, I, I might bet Snediger at 250 to one
1: that yeah no that why not like for, the guy's got every comp that you would want we know he's a winner he just he probably doesn't have it right now but that's all right
0: The other two I was looking at, uh, instead of Pendrith and Spawn and Michael Thompson, although I could talk myself into Michael Thompson. How has Michael Thompson been playing? That's the one thing about the swing season. Like I have no idea when these guys have played, because these tournaments just have like eight people withdraw from them, then other people get into them. Hudson Swafford, he just he's super consistent, by the way. Can't chip.
1: Chipping's a real problem for him. Swafford, yeah. I mean part of the uh Shout out to Tim Frank, former uh, podcast partner. He's part of the Sion Mafia, just like ninety other people down here in terms of Swafford. So I'll,
0: I'll do Swafford. I'll do a Swafford at sixty-six. I'll probably have to unstar I mean, Yaga bombs, though. Get him off the list.
1: So Jaeger and, and Peter Uline are two guys that I still have kind of potentially in play. I don't know what <laughs> I exactly want to do with them, but maybe I'll start swapping them out for some of these more aggressive guys like Swafford.
0: Why not U-line? Isn't this like the, I mean, you're the, I wouldn't say you're the U-line whisperer, but.
1: The, I don't know if he has a whisperer.
0: Isn't this the, well, it's on Bermuda. So that's like step
1: one for him, isn't it? Definitely step one, because he has to do it all with the putter. Step two is don't hit it out of bounds. I mean, <laughs> some of his best finishes. Or when or when heater. he
0: doesn't hit it out of bounds.
1: Yeah, it's correlated. <laughs> that, that much I know. When he doesn't take penalty strokes, he tends to play better. Uh, RSM uh, top ten, Puerto Rico's top ten. So he's done it here, and he's done it at corollary courses. I mean, if you're looking for a flyer at 64 and you double jam up top, I don't think it's the worst spot. How much is he?
0: 6400.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'll, I'll throw him on the list. I Put always him on the board. I, I always want to play Dowie Vanderwall just because I like his name. But that's probably not a good enough reason,
1: is it? I mean, there's some names down here. Austin Smotherman.
0: So I think he's Canadian.
1: I could be wrong. He could be a villain in some of the movies we talked about. He is not.
0: He's from Loomis, California. Named after Dr. Loomis of the Halloween movies, I'm assuming.
1: I've never seen those.
0: You've never seen a Halloween movie? There's like 20 of them.
1: I mean, I probably have seen a full one because of the goddamn commercials with Jamie Lee Curtis or whatever, but no, never seen them.
0: I was, to let's just talk about movies for a second. We're on this. Please. Is true, why is True Lies criminally underrated?
1: Do you know how many times I've, hey, don't don't comment, Mae's chiming in about True Lies because I literally watched that. I don't know. A couple of times. I've probably seen true lives over 50 times. It's amazing. Like you can, it's, amazing. It, it
0: is one of the few movies that you can just tune into at any spot. You're like, Oh, this part's great.
1: It's yeah, oh, on a horse.
0: Yeah. I always like, I always turn in like, you know, 30 minutes in 40 minutes. in. I always miss the bill Paxton part,
1: which is still a great part. Oh yeah. Uh, Carlos the Jackal or whatever. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, it's got every literally everything. It's got Tom Arnold. It's got nuclear weapons. Uh, the beginning of that movie's outrageous. That's, you gotta, you gotta try to catch the beginning.
0: The, the beginning is when he goes into the mansion and meets Tia Carrera, right? Hot streak for Tia Carrera coming off Wayne's world. Like, let's go.
1: Yeah, that was, that was, she was certainly, uh, that was her epic time. But yeah, then he leaves the party and he's on like a, a snowmobile or whatever. And then he gets into the van with Tom Arnold.
0: I can't believe Tom... I mean, it's a pretty... There's a lot of implausible things that would happen in this movie. Couldn't imagine Tom Arnold working for the Secret Service.
1: There's a lot of blow. That's the genius of it. A lot of blow with Tom who would, Arnold. Who would ever think that? He's good in that movie, too. I like Tom Arnold. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. That movie is... It is criminally underrated. I, I watch that frequently for good, bad movies.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's just a... I think it's a good like it's a James Cameron movie. Like you look at it, it's like this is spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's just uh maybe slightly unrealistic when he like fires the nuke through the building to hit the other plane. But... Sure,
0: sure. But like even like the stunt work at the time of him like flying the fighter jet like off that bridge in Florida, it's like what what's happening
1: there? Yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot like he, he also kills, I mean, body count wise. Is he racks them up? Uh, in that movie, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of KOs for for Arnold. What is RSM? And like, what is it? Like an insurance company? Is, like,
0: that, is that what it is? Is it insurance or finance? No, no, I just
1: made that up, but it could be RSM RSM company. Maybe it's a
0: movie house. It's an accounting firm. So this this all leads me to, I think we need to play this guy at the bottom at six thousand dollars. Accounting, maybe insurance, possibly finance. J P. Griffin, that guy sounds like he's in finances.
1: Yeah, that sounds. He might be an accountant, so I don't know if if that part's good. But I think for I think for me, you don't want to go lower. You mentioned Swenson. Like I see Trey Molinax's name, but it just seems unnecessary. Like for me, give me. U line at 64 as my as my floor
0: is is warinski completely cooked because he's down there, too.
1: I didn't even where is say 60. I mean, that's like Doc Redman's down there, but he is cooked right now. Yeah, warinski has
0: been not good.
1: Tough scene. He hasn't had a top five since True Lies. That's very bad. <laughs> very bad, Richie.
0: Joshua Creel. Creel, a very popular New York Times crossword answer but I don't know if I can get to him with the RSM classic.
1: Bill Haas.
0: Oh my God. Bill Haas is down here. What about Martin Trainer?
1: <laughs> Does
0: he still have status? He came second last week, didn't he? Oh, you, um, He was leading going into the final round. Well, he didn't, he didn't win. He, he really didn't. could have used that. He came fifth last week. I think that's how he got into
1: this tournament. <laughs> I mean, he did win. I'm not that we're playing Martin Trader, but his win was the island course.
0: He won in Puerto Rico.
1: What is the name of this? Coco Beach.
0: Well, that sounds fun.
1: Never in a million years would
0: I have known that. All right, let's make it play the best plays lineup. (laughs) Oh, boy. I I think we start with the first start that I had. Webb, Kisner, and Damon... Are there 72? 72. Like, are there like obvious guys at like the 7,000 range that people are gonna use?
1: Is it possible to get Kirk? Is Kirk 8,000? Like, Cam
0: Davis is 6,800 bucks. Kramer Hickok, I think, is gonna be pretty
1: popular. Do you think Knox is going to be popular?
0: Yes, I do, actually. So he would go in this lineup. Okay. Knox is 67. All right, so now we got 74 and a half for two guys.
1: Yeah, that, that helps if we can.
0: If we do Kirk, we have 69 left, or we can go like double middle with, I mean, List is probably in this lineup, to be perfectly honest with you.
1: Coming off the week that he just had. <laughs> yeah, List could be in there, but then it's like, Rio I mean. G- Rio Lonto, Munoz is there. There's guys. Yeah, you've got guys. Norlander, Hadwin.
0: I would say Munoz. Although Norlander's, Munoz. Norlander's six of six in cuts made.
1: Yeah, he's just playing so consistent. He's not doing anything, but he's making cuts.
0: There we go. There's the lineup. Webb, Kisner,
1: I David, like Knox,
0: List, Norlander. There's your lineup. It's, it's a bunch of short hitters and Luke List.
1: Can't can't fail.
0: Maybe he won't. Uh, he won't lose six strokes putting this week. Bets Maybe, but. bets for the RSM. I got. Let's see here. Aaron Rye, hundred to one. Snediger, two hundred and fifty to one. Those are with the each ways, and Adam Scott at forty to one. Those are the three that I'm in on right now. You gonna sell me on anyone?
1: So, I'm definitely. I think Domin is fine. That's not crazy, though. Oh, yeah. That's what we're going to We're going to go with Damon, weren't we? (laughs) I mean, Merit's 100. It's not crazy. What's Piercy? Piercy is, I see, buck 20.
0: It's not bad. 90 at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'd rather take the buck 20. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, Piercy 125, where I have him right now. Those might be like first round leader plays, though. So I'll go Damon as well at 66 with the top five.
1: Damon. What about. All right. I got one. What is he? I don't think I want to bet this guy to win Jaeger 12 to 1 for a top 10.
0: I thought you were gonna say twelve to one to be top German with
1: no other Germans in the field. <laughs> yeah, against Bernard, Bernard Longers coming in for one round. Um, oh
0: my God, GMAC is playing in this tournament. I didn't even see his name on the list. McDowell, sixty five hundred. I mean, that guy. This is a GMAC. Can, this is a GMAC course if there ever was one.
1: No, he just needs a hurricane.
0: He was twelfth in Bermuda.
1: Yeah, and he was fourth at Corrales. Yeah. And, uh, and then other than that, his best finish, like, in, like, three years was, like, a 30th. Now, he, he only plays good. Pretty sure he won in Saudi Arabia. Uh, 12. At, like, a real, one of the real, like, this, yeah, the he, good tournaments over there?
0: Yeah, I think he beat Dustin.
1: That would count.
0: But I think they were the only two guys in the tournament. He's down to 270th. So it was the match,
1: the Saudi match, yeah, Dustin, the Su- versus <laughs> Dustin versus McDowell.
0: Dustin versus McDowell. Where where was his best finish? Uh yeah, he won the Saudi in 2020. He was up to 47th in the world. And now he's down to 300th. Good god. Poor guy. I like GMac. Yes. He is he would be good on TV. I think he's one of the better like him and Poulter I think have to get into the booth. Although Poulter still good. Yeah,
1: that yeah, they're, they're good personalities for sure. I like GMAC too. I, I definitely root for him. I just don't think I want to play him.
0: I might add Kucher to the card too. So I'll have my full card in the newsletter. Once again, in the newsletter. So you have to be subscribed to it or you can just click on it when I tweet it out. And I tweet out the card and post it on Facebook. Very easy to find if you tried to look for it. If you didn't try to look for it, I could then see how it would be more difficult to do. Ben Raza, I did every event of the 2021 golf season. I'm fucking never doing that again.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, probably adverse to your health, but congratulations. You get some welcome time off from the golf world.
0: We'll have to do, how many people should we have in the draft this year? Because people keep asking me about the draft. Because like, it was just the six of us. Then we added Wiley last year and Ulrich last year. So I think we had eight. Can we? Could we do 12? And you've won both years.
1: I know. I was just say I wanna I wanna shrink it. It's the only thing I'm good at <laughs> is that draft. Uh yeah, the more the merrier. Why not? That's always a really fun time. Get a first look at, at the new season, you got something to root for the entire year.
0: And then you'll do things like draft Justin Suh in the last round when you mean to draft Doug Gim, and it really cost you in the end. Because Gim had a pretty good year. So did not, he had like thirty four thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, I had Grio. Grio was obviously the the linchpin of that team. I had some real characters last year, but you had, uh, you, had I'm pick, glad. you had
0: pick one, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I took Rom. You took,
0: you took Rom. I like I had I had JT. You had Rom. Then who was the guy who really carried you after Rom?
1: Uh, I just had a really like I had Billy Ho. He helped. I had Tony Fee Um, Leishman. Oh, so you had a lot of wins? Uh, yeah, I just had really a pretty balanced team. Justin Rose wasn't good, but he wasn't like so bad. Uh Just was able to, and and obviously Rom is just. Oh, and I had Cantlay too.
0: Oh shit! So your team was just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I had a good. I mean, if Rom didn't get COVID on the green, it could it would have been a that that made it tighter than I thought it should have been. But. Yeah, but
0: but you still would have got the win for that because Cantlay won.
1: Yeah, I just, I could have got, I could have like scooped the whole purse. That's true. That would have been nice. would
0: have been nicer if more. Actually, no, I had money on Onward Cantlay. and upward. I had money on Cantley that week. For some reason, I, th- I think I had money on Cantley and Morikawa and they both went to the playoff together after Rom beat it. And I was like, let's go. It's great. Thank you for appearing so many times on the Pat Mayo Experience. We'll do a football, obviously, before uh, before the year is over. But I want to thank you. Go to awesomeo.com. Are you covering any golf over there this week? Or is that just past you at this point?
1: No, we're still got some shows for sure. And obviously, like everyone else, NFL hoops. And I'm busy in the college football and college basketball world with Matt Gajeski. So enjoy a little gambling, a little DFS. Stop on by. We'd love to have you as part of the community. Do
0: we have a bad action movie show that we can do together?
1: We we should do that. I would be. That is where I can bring some analysis. Uh, I, I can prep again. American Ninja 2. I got to see the first one and I probably should see the whole part cuz I came in in the middle. They're already <laughs> attacking the compound, but it was very interesting.
0: American Ninja 2. Oh, I mean this poster is great. Like this one guy That's looks like That's what I'm like, saying. This is, This guy looks like a knockoff in I'm just looking at the one for American Ninja 3 now. The one guy looks like a knockoff Keanu. A, a like American Ninja, the guy looks like low rent Emilio Estevez.
1: It's got Oh, my God. Now there's an American Ninja for the Annihilation.
0: Ooh, that sounds good.
1: Oh, Bloodsport. That's another all time good, bad movie.
0: Oh, no. Bloodsport is good. Just good. Yeah. Bloodsport. Don't don't call that good, bad. That is good. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. El Guerrero Americano 4 with Michael Dudikoff and David Bradley. Apparently, I'm looking at the Spanish version of this now.
1: I, i mean a movie that good obviously they're going to distribute it multiple multiple uh you know avenues so
0: oh, there's just a screenshot of him and he's at his dojo and he's wearing what looks to be like a scorpion from mortal Kombat outfit i can dig this yeah i mean come on now this is i can get behind this all right. I might have to watch all of these and report back to you we
1: see, see what we can do. I, I expect updates, please.
0: All right. Ben Raza, follow me on Twitter at JazzRazDFS. You can follow me at ThePME on Twitter. Sub to the newsletter, play in the listeners, leave link, smash the like, sub to the channel on the way out, and subscribe to FantasyNational.com, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself a discount, generate your lineups. That's the reason I bet on Aaron Rye this week. The simulator told me to do it. Just like when the simulator told me to bet on Aaron Cook. So I did in cash jams. Hopefully we can cash some Aaron Rye this week. Have some Rye, drink some Rye, win with some Rye, buy some more Rye with your winnings. That would be fantastic. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next year. Now Let's talk running backs to kick things off. Obviously, Aaron Jones ends up getting hurt. Uh, he's probably at net. It looked really bad to begin with, but now it says he's going to miss one to two weeks. The Packers have a bye in three weeks' time, so I would expect to be without him at least three weeks if the Packers are way up in their division, which they are. They're still fighting for the one seed, but get Aaron Jones right as you try to make this playoff run, and then you have A.J. Dillon coming in, and then all of a sudden you're doing well. He's the number one pickup in the waiver wire rankings, although in any serious league, he is already rostered. He's been rostered the entire season for this particular moment, although he's been building his value over the past month as well, eating into a lot of Aaron Jones' snap share, piling up yardage every single week. But when I did check in the actual like ownership in season-long fantasy, he was at 58%, which shocked me, but so that puts him on the list. At number one, you're looking at Patrick Taylor as the primary backup to AJ Dillon while Aaron Jones is out. Taylor is in a very similar circumstance to Eno Benjamin right now, where he's kind of the backup to the backup, the assistant to the regional backup. If you will. Difference is if Benjamin can be elevated, if James Conner goes down, we know that Chase Edmonds is on injured reserve and out four to six weeks. Where with Taylor, should anything happen to A.J. Dillon, it would happen this week. And then you weren't playing Taylor anyway. So you would get one week potentially out of him before they go on by. And then Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are probably back anyway. So that's why you probably do not want to pick him up in this circumstance, maybe in the deepest of leagues, but that would be it. For me, full injury report, hasty up for Monday Night Football. Jeff Wilson's going to play. Elvin Kamara, Chris Carson, and Nick Chubb could all be back in Week 11, monitor their status. No clue about Jamal Williams as he continues to miss time. And all of a sudden, Swift touches the ball more than anyone else in football when that is out, except for scoring touchdowns. That's always fun when Jamar Jefferson and some guy I've legit never heard of score touchdowns. And Swift finally touches the ball 30-plus times, doesn't score a touchdown. Always great times when that happens. Chase Edmonds on IR. Damian Harris, not sure whether or not he's going to be back. I would expect him to return and pass concussion protocol going into week 11. But it is Thursday night football, so be cognizant of that. Clyde Edwards and Lair could return in week 11. Saquon Barkley expected to be back. Miles Sanders expected to be back. No word yet on Devontae Booker or Latavius Murray. But if Saquon is back, you don't care about Devontae Booker anyway. So no big deal there. Full Waiver wire rankings, uh, and you can find these up on dknation.com. I'll change them if anything happens. Dylan is at number one, owned in only 59% of leagues or 58% of leagues. Still nuts to me that's not 100% of leagues, but hey, here we are. So he's number one. donta Foreman, number two. JD McKissick, number three. Ramondre Stevenson, number four. And then three. Primary handcuffs. Alexander Madison, Sony Michelle, and Khalil Herbert are number five, six, and seven. Now Ramondre would go up to number one for this week. Actually, go up to number two behind AJ Dillon uh, if Dillon was still available theoretically. But Stevenson, if Harris doesn't play, is great. Obviously. Uh, but if Harris does end up playing, now we're in a circumstance where I can't assure you that every time that the Patriots get inside the five-yard line, the play is going to be run with Stevenson. Because before, it was just run with Harris. Even The worst-case scenario would be if they split it up, and then we don't know who's doing what. Then you play the wrong guy every single week. But if Harris isn't there what you're looking for is to roll out Stevenson week after week after week. And Foreman, I put him up, although he only played 36% of the snaps, which led the Titans, because Peterson was at 33, McNichols was down at like 24%. He touched the ball 49% of the time amongst the running backs, and he had the most red zone touches of any of the Titans' running backs. Now, if the Titans do find themselves trailing in games, which seems impossible at this point based on the way that they're playing, I would expect way more McNichols. But Foreman is the one being more trusted inside the five-yard line and in the red zone and touching the ball more than Adrian Peterson at this point of the season. He's not a great pickup by any means because he kind of looks a bit slow-footed. However, this is probably the route that you want to go at running back if you need the help immediately. It would be him. Ty Johnson comes in at number eight as he just continues to catch passes. If Latavius Murray continues to be out, Devonta Freeman is a reasonable pickup for a week or two. Wide receiver waiver wire pickups going into week 11. Actually, I should let you know if you're watching this before Monday Night Football, go to prizepicks.com because they are just giving you money, uh, which is Probably something you should want. So if you use code M-M-N-N-F-L, that qualifies you for an even bigger bonus. If you get a match deposit, up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get another $100, so you have $200 all of a sudden. And if you play a Monday night football entry, it could be two plays, up to five plays if you want. And Matt Stafford completes one or more passes in the game, you just get another $25. So you might as well deposit at prizepicks.com using code M-M-N-N-F-L and then play a $25 entry of up to five picks. It's a free roll anyway. The worst you can be doing if you deposit $100 is still have $200 left over after the game. So I highly encourage you to do that. There's more information in the newsletter along with DraftKings plays for the Monday Night Football game. And there's a bunch of stuff up on Mayo Media Network right now, including Griff's DraftKings showdown picks, which I recommend that you all go check out right now. Injury Report. uh, Again, check this out in the newsletter with the full cheat sheet. Robert Woods out for the season. Odell Becker, I'm likely in. If you missed my video on the weekend about Odell Beckham, nothing has changed for me. So just go check that. It's like a two minute video, it's up on Mayo Media Network. CeeDee Lamb exited in that blowout the Cowboys had. He's going to be fine. It was just a blowout. Anthony Schwartz will need to pass concussion protocol to play for the Browns against the Lions this week. Chase Claypool is out for an extended period of time. It seems with this toe injury, Calvin Ridley is out at least one more week, probably way longer than that, but at least one more week being on the NFL reserve list. Antonio Brown doesn't play till Monday evening next week. So uh, you're probably not going to know his status until very late during the week. So you might want to make other plans if you were thinking about playing antonio brown or at least have a backup in mind for him curtis samuel continues to miss time he's probably done for the year who knows you don't even want him anyway deandre hopkins missed week 10 julio jones is on injured reserve as uh, will fuller is going to miss week 11 coming forward alan robinson sterling Shepard were injured going into the bye week we'll see what their status is this week Devontae parker is on well he's on injured reserve as well so he is not playing at receiver in terms of pickups there's one guy And then there's just, like, a bunch of others for the moment anyway. We have Rashad Bateman, who just continues to be the number one pickup. He's great. You should pick him up. After that, you should own Van Jefferson. He's number two. Elijah Moore. If the Jets would stop running six receivers and, like, a bunch of tight ends all the time, it would be a lot better for Elijah Moore. He's someone you want to involve in your offense going forward. You might as well try to get him reps and showcase him. But the Jets are stupid, so they don't do these things. Although he continues to score touchdowns. That's great. Thus making him a good pickup. If they just used him more, he could score more fantasy points they just refuse to do it he's number three Tim Patrick Jamal Agnew Christian Kirk who continues to be the big benefactor of DeAndre Hopkins being sidelined right now it's not AJ Green it is Christian Kirk Michael Gallup Donovan Peoples-Jones AJ Green then Brian Edwards then you have Darnell Mooney Amon Ross St. Brown the guys that are always available on your waiver wire that you think about if you have too many injuries but you don't actually want to play that's the rest of the wide receiver pickups for the week tight end is pretty easy it's Dan Arnold at number one Pat Fryermith at number two, and then everyone else. You can go pick up Evan Ingram, but everyone might be returning to the Giants' offense, which... It was kind of the reason that he was doing stuff because they had no one else. Logan Thomas, you could potentially take a flyer on, but I'm now way more concerned about his health when I thought that he was going to play and then just, they. Ron Rivera said he wasn't even close. That's not good news. Then you have oh, Hunter Henry as long as John who was out, but John who might be back this week. So it's a really tricky situation. It's Arnold in Fryermouth if you need the help because the Washington tight ends, Ricky Seals-Jones exited the game. Logan Thomas doesn't seem close to playing. Dallas Goddard exited the game for the Eagles he'll have to pass concussion protocol to play in week 11. Hayden Hurst exited the game. Gronk, who knows with him, Jonu Smith probably going to be back in week 11 so if you had Goddard or you're playing Ricky Seals-Jones, Dan Arnold and Pat Fryermith are the two answers to that solution. At quarterback this week, in terms of streamers Tua is number one, especially with his propensity to run in short yardage situations, although Brissett will probably steal his stupid touchdowns, but the Jets just give up a ton of touchdowns on the ground and it, listen, they give up like 40 points every single week, play Tua Justin Fields, number two at, at home against Baltimore, Cam Newton, if he Gets the start in the Rivera Bowl at home against Washington. Mac Jones Thursday night against Atlanta. And then I have Baker and Keenum against Detroit. Baker was banged up with a knee injury, but he's probably going to play. Uh, Case Keenum would be my preferred start at home against Baltimore. Probably wouldn't play Baker. I just think he's too banged up with every, He has a shoulder injury and a knee injury and a ribs injury. And he's in, like, it's just, it's too much. Just sit the guy down and let him get healthy so he can be effective for you. I still think the Browns have a pretty decent shot of making the playoffs. Just you got to get right. And Keenum's fine. Keenum is better than a Hurt Baker. He straight up is. So you might want to play him in that circumstance. All of the quarterback injuries for the week. Colt McCoy actually strained his pec for the Cardinals. Uh, Obviously, Kyler Murray missed the game. They could both be available this week. They could both be out this week. So Keep an eye on that situation as we go forward. Obviously, you probably don't want to play Colt McCoy, but Kyler, you would play. Ben Roethlisberger is, is presumed to be back in Week 11 after missing Week 10 with COVID. Sam Darnold, he's not going to be back. Zach Wilson might be back. Mike White was also banged up, because and then Joe Flacco came in. What happened to Josh Johnson? Josh Johnson was playing fine against Indianapolis a week before, and they got Joe Flacco. Hello, Joe! Backing him up. That's that's not good. Defenses for the week. Cleveland, they were dropped on mass uh, after playing New England on the weekend, but now they get Detroit. That's the move. Or San Francisco at Jacksonville looks juicy. And if you play in a league where waivers don't automatically come in every single morning, that if a player hasn't played yet this week, that means that they are still currently a free agent. So you can drop someone from your team that you didn't play and just pick up San Francisco. Right now, if you are watching this before Monday Night Football, just know the tricks and trades of your league. That way you don't have to outbid anyone or fight with anyone. go get them right now and play them against Jacksonville. They'll be a top five defense next week. So it's probably something you want to take advantage of if you can. Tennessee at home against Houston. Miami at the Jets. The Jets at home against Miami. Carolina against Washington. Feel like Washington may have played a bit over their heads against the Bucs. And the Carolina pass rush? Better than Tampa Bay's pass rush. So Washington, terrible at blocking taylor heineke you know he he can throw a pick or two in his time take some sacks so uh on the lower end you know it's not a great play but it's one that has substantial upside in this game so carolina would be the number six streamable defense of the week that's available on the waiver wire right now